HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Opening soon is sponsored by DiageoBarAcademy.com. This week's episode of Meat in 3 is inspired by the reemergence of Cicada Brood 10. We're talking all about insects. Some people are calling crickets the gateway bug because that's a great introduction to what edible insects is all about. So we found detectable levels of cesium-137 in 68 of 122 total honey samples that we had. Ah, what is that? Is it tarantula? No, what is it? It's a tarantula. Oh, and they're going to eat it? No, 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 no. Listen to Meat and 3 wherever you get your podcasts. Pizza is like religion for me personally, as well as here at Till at MIC. And with the exception of the pandemic era, we have a tradition of enjoying pizza with our team every Friday for pretty much the last nine years. Five years ago, that all changed for the better when Scar's Pizza opened up on Orchard Street. So now we don't just have pizza, we have Scar's Pizza. Now, don't get the wrong idea. If you're not in New York City, you might think that we're about to start talking about some fancy overpriced tiny pizzas place. But Scar's is essentially the classic New York pizza slice with excellent ingredients and a well-curated space. So this is a little bit of a fan girl and boy moment for us to welcome Scar to the show. We have watched the shop explode in popularity when they first opened in 2016, and there are regularly lines down Orchard Street. And now they have plans for a second location. So pizza every pizza fans everywhere rejoice. So welcome to the show, Scar. Excited to have you here. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. Um, well, so we're obviously very familiar. I think Alex has like a frequent flyer punch card. It's like, you're <laughs> he needs one. Yeah. he's like, he's like, comes back. He's like, I went twice this week and got a free Coke. <laughs> yeah, Alex, before, Alex was coming to the shop before the line started forming and stuff. He, I remember him coming all the time. <laughs> I, I know. No so you guys were, you, yeah, I had no idea that he worked at Tilla, but I remember him coming all the time. Still do. Still do team knows my name which is a good thing and the pizza has only gotten better um so we're, we're excited to hear that it's uh it's growing beyond one shop can you tell us a little bit about um what it is you're doing are you are you moving scars over to a new space a bigger space are you doing a different concept altogether how does the brand how does the brand grow so before prior to covid we were we signed the lease uh for a bigger spot, that was always in, in play 
Um, we signed the lease, I think, uh, beginning of February of 2020 for the new space. And the reason behind that was because of the fact that we needed, the problem is we way outgrew our smaller spot. And, you know, I don't like, like I personally, I don't like seeing lines out. I don't know why it just bothers me. Like people waiting. I don't want people waiting a long time to get pizza and stuff. Cause I used to be that person also waiting. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't like making, excuse me. I don't like making lines and stuff. So I just want everything to go quicker and faster, more efficiently. So I figured it was like, you know, it's time, you know, to, to move to a bigger spot, even though I'm one of those people too, that like, I don't want to ruin the, you know, I don't want to, you know, change it. You know, people to think that we're moving to a bigger spot. Everything's going to change. Like the energy is going to change. The food's going to change and stuff like that. So for me, it was kind of tough actually doing, making that change and signing the lease and moving to a bigger space. Tell, just in case our audience isn't quite familiar, tell, tell everybody a little bit about, you know, the original scars, what your whole like mission is with your ingredients and all of, and all of that and the size and everything. Sure. So when we first opened, so I grew up in the city, I grew up in Manhattan mostly for most of my life, lived in Long Island city a little bit in Astoria as a kid. Then, uh, you know, growing up here, pizza was like, you know, Great. I know it's hard for people to understand because, you know, everyone that comes from New York, outside of New York, they come here, they're happy with Sabaro, they're happy with anything, you know, dollar pizza, they're happy with anything else, you know. They just don't know better I'm, yet. They haven't been educated. I know. <laughs> but I never understood that growing, you know, growing up, I never really understood that until I became an adult and I was like, okay, my parents ended up moving to Miami like 10, 15 years ago. And when I was down there for a little bit with them for a year or two, I, you know, tried it out and like it, it came back. Pizza out there was terrible. And then I started traveling. <laughs> and I was like, all right, pizza in Florida sucks. Pizza like everywhere sucks. Like outside of New York. So it's like, now I understand why people, and this is, I'm not talking about currently. I'm talking about like, you know, years ago. And I'm like, now I understand why people would come to New York or like happy with anything that's for any pizza that's from out here at the time. And currently too. So, so why not so that, open a pizza place in Miami? I mean, I might eventually. I mean, yeah, I, you know what it is? I, I don't like... I'm a, I've always been a patient person, so I've never like rushed into anything ever. And it's funny you mentioned that because I almost rushed into one project that we were going to do <laughs> prior to COVID too, and I lost a lot of money on it because I rushed into it because I just wanted to placate my employees, you know, at the time. Right. So that then I you know now I'm just I'm just taking it day by day. Um, so may, maybe in the future, maybe you know who knows if something you know an opportunity presents itself where I can't say no, maybe, but. I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. I mean, I like, you know, I think it's smart to grow within your bandwidth and grow like as you see fit. And it's like gut checks are super important in life and business makes a lot of sense. Um, Did it. So I'm curious, did you like automatically start having lines or did things scale up over time for you guys? Uh, So I'm so I just when we first opened, I just opened without no press or anything. I just opened the doors and just said, you know. Effort. You know, I didn't do any, like to this day, we don't do any PR. Just, you know, I just figured I took advice from one of my mentors and he was like, it doesn't matter where you open anywhere in this world. As long as you have great food, people will come. Eventually they'll come and then nobody will ever. And you'll have those same customers for years and years instead of like the normal way of everyone, does, which I don't, you know, I, I don't have a problem with it. You know, it's just like, you know, how people just, they come from a big, you know, restaurant group. They open up a restaurant or, you know, or whatever they want to do. They hire PR, they get bringing a bunch of investors who are usually finance people. They put up all the money up front, you know, paying for PR and stuff, and they have this big press release and, you know, or they have friends that work in media. 
you know, that do the, you know, they do the PR for them. Yeah. It's like the only reason we got you on the show is because Alex texted you. <laughs> like usually it's a yeah. PR pitch that comes in. Alex is like, please yeah, but come Alex, on our show. Alex, you guys have been coming for years and Alex started in, I like, you know, to be, you know, I'm trying to, you know, uh, what's the exact word? Uh, to be um, the audience, you know, like we're cool, but we're, you know, it's not like we hang out or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You know? But I, you That's know, true. Alex is coming from my, you know, he's a, he's been a regular since day one, you know, basically day one. I remember him coming in because I used to make the pizza there for the first two years. So I, I do remember him coming in all the time, you know, I'm, and I'm not, you know, yeah. then he orders pizzas every Friday and stuff like that. If he wants me to do an interview, I'm not going to say no to him, you know, shutting <laughs> down for a year, you know, <laughs> like. I know. But the point is, is that I come, you know, you're, you're a great guy, but you're not always there, but the pizza is always amazing and the team and the vibe and all those well, things. No, I'm, I'm there. I'm there, more than, it, yeah. I'm there more than you think. It's like a lot of people assume I'm not there all the time, but I'm there on Zooms. I'm there like, I'm, yeah, you know, I push the food all the time. I order food in my apartment. I check how the deliveries, how long the deliveries take and, you know, stuff like that. I'm always working, you know? Yeah. So how did, how did the, the Miami, you know, project and and the idea of rushing how did that um affect the way you looked at this new space that is that's across almost across the street from the current space right yeah so what happened what transpired first was i started getting you know we would get we were getting after like about year two or year three we started getting pitched like you know open up in this food hall open up you know we want to be investors here we have we own a building like different landlords we have a building here we think you guys would be perfect for it and, you know, for me, it just never made sense. It was like, you know, you know, at the time. And then before COVID, these guys that are doing a food hall in Midtown approached me. They were really nice. They were genuine at the time, you know. And I was like, ah, maybe I, I'm not really into, like, food halls and stuff. But it just isn't part of our, like, branding. You get what I'm saying? Like, in terms of, right. like, not branding, but, like, our energy, you know. Like, it's, like, hard to explain to people. Like, I don't want to be, like, people assume that we're, you know, obviously everyone, everyone's trying to make a living, you know, but I don't want to be where I'm just doing cash grabs here and there, you know? Right. Yeah. And for like our listeners, when you walk into scars, it's like, it, it feels like you're in like of your friends, like basement or something like hanging out, like having great natural wine, eating a slice and just like enjoying and you feel the vibe of everybody being welcome. So I like, it makes sense why you would want to be able to control that feeling. Was any of that vibe in the space when you took it over or you created that when you, when you took, when the, we space? took the space, the space was an empty box. It was okay. basically my landlord's I don't know how long you guys have been in the neighborhood, but the landlord used to, used, he has a uh, distribute like a distribution thing, like, which is like familiar in Chinatown. Like you go in, you could buy garbage bags, right. pieces of bottled water and stuff like that. So he put up a for rent sign and I just started looking around and I was like, I walked in this space and he hasn't really, he didn't really change the space of, of, in like, you know, God knows how long, you know, and it had a really good energy in it. So I just basically, you know, rented the space. We designed the whole thing ourselves. We, you know, we laid out the, we, you know, everything in that space is from us. It's like we laid out the floor, we laid out the, you know, paneling on the walls, the drop ceiling. I already had a, you know, a design in mind before I even stepped in the space. And it has retro vibes. Is there, is there a year that you guys like aim to recreate or just things that you remember from childhood? The idea behind it was if someone's like, if my grandfather had a pizzeria and he passed it down to me and I modernized it in a sense, but still keeping the same, you know, old school vibe to it. It wasn't really like a specific like 70s or 80s or 90s or anything like that. Right. 
like someone taking over taking over for the space kind of vibe. Are you gonna try and recreate that with the new one? The new one has more of a like I like calm energy spots. This one's gonna be a different design ethos due to the fact that we have a lot of copycats now. Mm-hmm. So it's like in terms of design. So I'm just trying to do something different. But also like, you know, I'm a creative person. I I feel like I'm very creative. So this space is gonna surprise a lot of people. It's it's really cool. Ooh, I like a surprise. So- I did have a sneak peek on a fancy fancy big pizza oven you got in there looks a little uh easier to use maybe than the retro one you have in the old spot yeah the retro one's a little too small (laughs) and uh it's a little too small and it's a little too uh what's it called um it's just we couldn't keep up with the volume you know it's just to be honest with you so we needed something a little more modern and i have another pizza master uh in storage that i use for events sometimes that we did for a couple events that and i practiced on that that's the name of the oven we're using a new one and the pies came out great. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stick with what works. So, <laughs> so we bought another oven that's bigger. That's that's going to operate better as well. So we'll see. I still have a feeling we, may, we might need another oven at some point too. So. so tell us a little bit about, so basically the food hall didn't work out in Midtown, which is actually probably great timing because Midtown has also been a ghost town for the past year with yeah, COVID it was, and everything. That, that project didn't work and, you know, I, like no hard feelings. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's just some funny stuff happened during COVID. I think it's because the project was losing money and they tried to charge us for something. I'm like, we're kind of like probably going to, might end up, you know, fighting. we're fighting behind the scenes over that. So, but I, lo- I lost a good chunk of money in that. And I learned my lesson. I was like, you know what? After that, I'm like, I don't want to be in no food halls or anything. I just want to keep it, keep it the way, it, keep it the way it is. So I want that's why we're transfer when we move to the bigger space. It's, we're going to try to, you know, keep that same energy over there as well. So tell us about the bigger space. So it's across the street from your current location on Orchard. It's right across the street. It's uh, right next to Cheeky's. We share the same building. How much bigger is it? Uh, like four times bigger, four or five times bigger. Four times. Okay. And is the rent, did, did you get did you get into a good rent because of the, the pandemic stuff or? I got into, luckily I got into a good rent before the pandemic because the landlord of the, of the building really wanted us to take over the space because he saw how busy we were. Cool. So that worked in our favor. So, and he's been really nice with us throughout the whole process of building. So, you know, you know, I lost money in Midtown. I lost, luckily we saved, before all this happened, we saved all our money basically. So we were, <laughs> you know, my dad always said save for a rainy day because you know, you never know what might happen kind of deal. So we've always, I never really took profit out of the business, luckily. So I used, so whenever I, the moment I took the profit out of whatever it was, I used it in, you know, in Midtown and I'd used it to sign a lease across the street. And luckily I did that. So if not, I would have lost my shirt by now, but. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's good advice too. It's like save for a rainy day or a global pandemic so yeah most, you, you'd be shocked at how many businesses don't save money so it's like they open up shop they have so many people to pay back investors and and the pr people and this and that that they're that even a week being closed will affect their margins you know for a lot a yeah. lot like to the point where they could be in the verge of like closing even though things on the outside are looking well doing you know they seem to be going well and so did you have to, did you take investors for the new space or you're just like you said, pushing everything no, over just, and just, just me. Amazing. And tell us a little bit about, we've had, we, we've had offers for, you know, we, I have friends that are like, you know, they, you know, they, they put in, you know, they have, you know, a lot of money they wanted to buy in, but I just wanted to just keep for now. I just wanted to keep it just since I could afford it. We just kept it at, at that. 
I mean, less people to have to answer to and pay back, like you said, more flexibility. And what made you want to be across the street? Like, you know, some people like, why not go to a different neighborhood? Is there like, is it to capture that overflow? Really? Do you think you would go to a different neighborhood, try a different neighborhood again in the future? I love our neighborhood. We're all, Me too. Uh, like, yeah, I like, I always liked the state, the neighborhood down there for a very long time. I liked it when it was just something about that area that I've always liked. You know, I didn't want to really be, at first I kind of wanted to be on broom close to orchard where like Dudley's and Barrio Chino is. At, at the time and then it just never I tried obtaining a space in that area but it, for whatever reason it just never worked so I just stopped trying because I figured I'd get more food traffic up there like anything below the Lancy basically in Orchard and then um, my friends uh, Sabrina my friend Sabrina opened up Dimes and I've been friends with her for like 15 years and she lived in the neighborhood as well and, and I also lived in the neighborhood I lived on Broom Street and she opened up Dimes the mark before it was a market the the little little to go spot that was the first dimes and i saw the energy she brought into the neighborhood and i was like wow this is where i really want to be <laughs> you know so i just started looking on the street and on the neighborhood the only thing popping on orchard at the time was just cheekies before we opened in that area so i just so happened to find that area i just you know made it work made it work and now you have a little mini empire yeah so now you have a new scars that is do you have an eta on when that could be ready uh i think it's Probably I want to say a month, but it's looking like two months because a lot of a lot of things were delayed due to like, um, you know, we order equipment because of COVID and manufacturing issues. We can't get all our stuff. Yeah, everything's like delayed. So it's like being it's like been a pain in the butt. So a month or two from now, when did you start? How We started like in September, October of last year to start building little by little. So pretty much right on the average nine months. About yeah, I mean, if it weren't for COVID, we probably would have been open three, four months ago. But right, and so now, what's going to happen with the OG scars? Uh, so we're turning that vegan vegetarian. Oh, cool! Will you and keep the gonna, vibes, or we're going to keep everything the same? We're just going to renovate it a little bit. The bar needs to be renovated a little bit, but and we're going to we're probably going to install a central AC unit in there. And uh, we just signed another lease, so we're not going anywhere for a while. And um. We're turning every. With, I'm, I'm partnering up with someone else. I don't want to say their name, but someone in the food in, industry that's big. And then uh, you're partnering with them for the old space. For the old, yeah, for the vegan the space. space. Yeah, Are you I mean, vegan personally? Uh, I used to be. I used to be a raw food eater too, but I think I'm going to switch back. So. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> being a vegan, so. I know, but it's, I mean, for, again, for our listeners who haven't been, um, and maybe aren't as familiar, like you've always had the vegan Caesar on the menu. Like there, there's always been vegan and vegetarian friendly options that I think you, you, that you obviously don't normally see at a pizzeria, which I think is really nice. Yeah. We started doing that a while ago and then it just, we're just so busy with the regular stuff that I was like, you know, let's just originally before COVID as well. When I signed the lease across the street, we were going to keep the old space anyway and turn it into to go just doing deliveries and and stuff to go and then do the other, you know, and then, but, you know, things change. So then I figured, you know, let me just turn it into a vegan space. We get so many vegans and I feel bad because they DM us and they're like, hey, you have slices. And we're like, we're really bit, like, you know, it takes a long time for them to make it sometimes. So it's like, you know, it's just, it just made sense to me. That's, that's interesting. I mean, you're, so you're responding to like basically demand you're seeing from your customers that you can't, that you can't fulfill. So what will the V, so it'll be pizza 
vegan pizza and like salads and stuff. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do our own like you know vegan meat. Like we're not buying, we're not using, we're gonna keep it all natural and organic. We're not using Beyond. We're not using Impossible. We're, we're actually gonna create it ourselves. Kind of like in the same vein as like a, like an inspiration is a book set superiority. But like using, you know, using kind of like his ethos using for the vegan and vegetarian spot. And then uh, we might take over, we might do another project next door and do a, a juice bar. So I'm going to keep the two spaces more health centric, if anything. Love it. Do you have that, that space already or no? No, they're going, they're, the landlord's going through litigation for that space. So once he's done with that, we're going to, I think we're going to take a, you know, he's offered, he, he said, he's, we're, we, I have a really good relationship with the landlord and his family. So they're going to give us, the, he said, they're going to, once everything goes through with the courts, he'll give us the space. The The prior tenant wasn't paying rent so, for a long time. So that's sick, man. You're going to have like the whole block. I know the whole block. Now, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm just doing some, I'm just doing this. This is going to be really cool. This is something that downtown New York really doesn't have. So it's like, it's for sure. I don't need downtown, like anything below uptown. They don't have anything like this, what we're going to do. I'm partnering up with uh, another big name, a couple of big names for this one, This, but they're more like uptown centric people. So it's going to be cool. I believe it. I, I'm sure it will be anything, you know, all your projects are. So in the vegan, in the vegan location, will that be renamed or it'll just be like Scars Vegan? It'll be Scars Vegan. That's the name. <laughs> That's the name. We just did yeah, it. Okay. Uh, Scars Vegan Vegetarian. Yeah. Everybody's going through the um, the like rehiring process now as we're all like getting fully open and and pumped up. And there are mixed reviews on how hiring is going. How, how have you guys been doing? And how are you looking at at you know having to triple your your amount of staff and 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 create a, a bigger team? and manage a bigger team and such as that and, and keep all of the same vibe. We've been fortunate that most of our staff has still been there from day one, basically. And, uh, you know, I take care of the guys and girls and I treat them, you know, the same way I would want to be treated, you know? So if someone wants to, you know, whoever wanted to leave, they left, they want to do, you know, go for it. You know, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm, I'm support, I'm super supportive of them. You know, I've never been a boss where I'm yelling at my staff or, or, you know, reprimanding them, they get, a, you know, they get away with murder. I, I want them to be comfortable working there for the most part. So ideally I would imagine some people wouldn't want to work for us. I know it's kind of tough for a lot of people to hire people, but you know, even us, like we've had a couple few people come in, one or two of them, like really wanted to work there at the shop. I was like, all right, they, you know, they've shown enthusiasm. Let's, you know, bring, I told their managers to bring them in for an interview and stuff and see what happens. They do fine in the interview. They come in for the training. They either not they either do not show up for training or train one day, and they're like, "Oh, this isn't for me." I was like, "Okay, <laughs> it is what it is." You know, I'm not going to force anyone to stay or for whatever reason. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about what's the switchover going to look like? Because I, I mean, it's interesting that you're you're basically opening two restaurants at once. So you're going to have the vegan side, and then you're going to transfer everything over. Have you thought about how that's all going to work out? Well, most of the equipment and stuff is already in the new spot. I'm just buying new stuff for across the street. There will not be any lag time, right? Excuse me. No, we're going to close the original spot for maybe a month. <laughs> Well, the new spot is open. We got to we gotta renovate it a little bit before we reopen it. Alex is like, please tell me there's no lag sure. time. So no, there's no lag time. No, <laughs> once we open it, we'll close, it. We'll close the, the original spot for a month and then do the switch over. 
solely a personal question. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> Have you been doing R and D on like the vegan slices and stuff already, or are you like recipe testing and? Right now, we're currently using Numu for vegan. We're gonna start doing our own vegan cheese. We have a lot of space in our new basement. It's like it's humongous, so we have enough space to like try stuff out. You know, we've been experimenting a little bit with stuff, so it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be something you know. I'm trying to keep everything in house, like you know, the vegan cheese, the vegan ricotta, like you know, vegan meatballs. Are, are there challenges with that, with keeping your food cost where it needs to be for for pizza? No, because my partner. My partner in the vegan spot, he has a he has a rush for he has a lot of space too. So he's he does a lot of testing. There's stuff that he does now in his current space that that is that's vegan and vegetarian that people love. So he's very familiar with techniques and stuff. So it's gonna be a lot it's gonna be kind of seamless in terms of transitioning it over to pizzeria stock and stuff. So And you can keep vegan pizza prices the same as regular pizza prices? No, it's gonna be a little bit more costly. A little bit more expensive. I'm gonna try to keep it I'm gonna try to keep it to you know because I mean, everyone called you know they charge an upcharge for vegan stuff and then understandably so but like since we're making it all in-house and stuff i gotta i can't really say if it's i know for a fact it's gonna be a little more costly but i don't think it's i don't want it to be too costly for people as a former vegan yourself is that a gripe that you hear a lot that that, that you're charging well, more for vegans it's like it, it went from being when i was a vegan it was like damn this is expensive and it does not <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Before this is way before the show. A lot of vegan stuff back like ten years ago, before it became cool, wasn't good. You know, now it's a lot better than what it used to be. So, you know, well, I mean, now it's like it's expensive, but it's good, so it's worth it. You know, it's cha- it changes. Right. I know that cost has always been like it has been a priority for you, like the best ingredients for the like for an affordable price. How have you managed that as you guys have grown? For us, I mean, I could see, like, a lot of people don't understand, like, our food costs are through the roof. Like, ours are, say, if food costs are, like, 20 to 30 for one, ours is, like, 50%, 60%. So, it's, like, we pay more. I'll put it in more in perspective. Like, so, pizzerias get a commercial size bag of flour that's, like, $16 to anywhere from $14 for a 50-pound bag to about, you know, anywhere to, like, 30 bucks or 20 bucks. Our equivalent in terms of flour, we pay about 50 bucks or 60 bucks and it's fresher. It's too fresh, <laughs> but it's good. <laughs> it's that way. So well, I mean, you, you don't can... walk out with a belly bomb like you do from the oh standard my God. pizza that's, place. Yeah. So like, it, like I, I got tired of eating like any, like it, it could be anywhere and I walk out with a belly bomb and I don't want to function, function the rest of the day. <laughs> right. So, and so, so you basically just adjust for your food costs being what they are and, and eat the margin? What helps us a lot, that's where it came up with the having the bar in the back. I was like, well, I like natural wines and I like, you know, good beers and I like good drinks. So so the way we settled that off, I was making more of my profit off having the bar in the back. If I was just a slice shop, I would have never made it. Mm-hmm. And so the place across, the, I mean, that makes sense. Um and a lot of slice shops don't also sell delicious natural wine like you guys do. So it makes a ton of sense. So how does that work in the new spot? You also have a bar, you have liquor license and all those good things. Yeah, we put, we installed a big, a big bar, big comfy bar. Um, we're not going to, I'm not going to stuff people like most places. They just, wherever you can find a chair, you just stick people in there or a table. I want this new spot to be since that, you know, I'm not paying up, you know, I'm paying rent, but not like crazy rent. So I want people to, 
be real comfortable wherever like everything's going to be comfy from the stools at the you know our stools at the new bar are going to have backs on them like everyone's going to be nice and comfy and have a good time you know yes an hour and a half chair not a 25 minute chair i like that (laughs) everything's going to be very comfortable no one's going to be on top of each other i i don't like eating in spots where i'm like sitting literally on top of my you know next diner over so I wonder if that, I mean, and is was that always like that or is that pandemic since the pandemic you feel like that? Because I think a lot of people actually coming out of this are going to feel like, I don't want to be that close to somebody I don't know. Well, it's, the original design has always been like that. Like I wanted a bigger space at a good, that's why I stayed in the neighborhood. Like I could have gotten a bigger space in a different neighborhood and a busier neighborhood, a busier neighborhood because our neighborhood's kind of still sleepy in a sense, you know? So it's, I could have done, but I always wanted, I was like, I'm going to get good rent, bigger space, let it be comfy because I you know, I feel bad for people sitting in our current space, like sitting on top of each other. Then COVID happened and I'm like, all right, now everyone really is going to want to sit not on top of each other, I would assume. Yeah. There's a balance though, because it's like you, you know, it's that perception of demand when there's people crammed into, you know, four booths and lined up at, behind the bar, right? So balancing the comfort of the customer versus the, you know, the perception of demand on the street. Yeah, plus I want to like, the problem too, you know, I wanted to be in a spot where in a restaurant or, or I want to have a place where I could be comfortable in it too. Like if you guys would come over like, Hey, come join us. I'm like, okay, cool. I couldn't do that in my current space at night. Right. You know? So it's like, you know, I want to entertain people. I like treating my spots. Like, you know, if I, you know, it was a living room or, you know, a communal kitchen of, of some sort. Right. Now Scars' beer and wine is the new place going to have uh booze as well. No, we, we're full liquor. We, we're oh, full try- liquor. Yeah, we're gonna transfer. We're transferring the liquor license once we open from the current spot over to the new spot. Yeah, I didn't realize you could do that. So the liquor license is under the business name, and you can just change the address essentially. Basically, yeah, because it's the same LLC. We're just moving addresses, basically. And you don't have to go back through community board or anything we like did, that. We did. We did it before, before COVID. We did, or during COVID, we did it. We got approved during uh, COVID. And so then you'll have to do a new one for Scars Vegan. Yeah, might might not might. I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure. Do. Yeah, right. we'll see. I might just keep the beer and wine and just you know just do beer and wine in the current in the vegan spot. I hear vegans drink a little less. That's what one of our other vegan vegan. Oh, yeah? I get. That's what um, Dirt Candy told us that. Interesting. She said that they actually that some. I don't know. I could be. No, I, just, I believe it. They. That's why I'm um, trying to do. We might because with the juice bar, we're going to do like the like root drinks and stuff like that. So we might do something a little bit different with. We'll see what happens, <laughs> but I'm still on the fence about doing it or not. I like it. Hey, listeners, remember a couple weeks ago when we had Adam Fournier on? He is the world-class U.S. bartender of the year, and he has a very cool new initiative called So Fresh and So Glean. He started it in response to the amount of waste that you comes from after farmer's markets, not just straight from farmer's markets, but after. I think there's something like 40% of unused products. And um, I think there's like uh, a significant amount of fruits and vegetables and such that of those, of that waste, that can be used for cocktail syrups, which is such a great idea from Adam. Yeah, and all those bruised and ugly fruits and veggies that you don't necessarily want to eat, 100% of those are perfect for making cocktail syrups. So if you want to learn more about Adam's new project, So Fresh and So Glean, then visit DiagioBarAcademy.com. Diageo Bar Academy is a free online resource for hospitality professionals. It offers resources for bartenders, bar managers, and venue owners. So stay informed, inspired, and connected to grow your career or business by joining Diageo Bar Academy today.
Why wait? Visit diageobaracademy.com. That's D-I-A-G-E-O baracademy.com. Become a member and sign up for the newsletter today. It's completely free and you will be amazed at all they have to offer. That's D-I-A-G-E-O baracademy.com. Well, we like to do a little lightning round. So, you know, sort of quicker questions um, that are meant to be like one or two word answers. Well, let's pop into that. This might be like asking what your favorite child is, but what's your favorite slice? My favorite slice, uh, my own. <laughs> your own. I know, but yeah, pepperoni, cheese, like what do you put on it? Jesus, uh, just the cheese. I like cheese. Just plain cheese. Okay. Yeah. Um, as far as the new place, any building surprises so far? Building? What do you mean? Oh, by building? Uh, no. Any like seamless. hiccups? It's been seamless. No, Nothing crazy. You know what it is? It's I've been I've done this a bunch, so I to me I know what to look for. So it's like it's, it hasn't been that crazy to be honest. With you. Are you working with an expediter or a contractor? Or are you doing it yourself? Uh, I have the... a great I have a great contractor. That's one okay. thing that helps. This guy Carver, he's amazing. Did he help with the first space? No, that was somebody else. Are you in the first case? You did all the design yourself, right? Correct. Then the second space. Well, second space was me and my wife. First space was me and some friends and wife. My wife. All right. So still DIY. I love that. Yeah. Um, what has been your best business resource? In terms of. In terms of anything, could be like a podcast, just like helping you, like get a person, up. a book. Yeah. Um. Honestly, uh, just be word of mouth, just being there, like communicating with people, it's, you know, talking to people, hanging out with people more than anything else. And like, you know, saying you, sometimes you got to say no to things, you know, that, that doesn't make any sense. Like I'm, my wife had to beat that in my head, but yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm really nice. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do this. I'll do that. And my wife's like, you got to say no. Like some things just don't make sense. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, you're, there's a lot of people are under the assumption that Every all press is good press. They now try to explain to people like you gotta say no sometimes. You know, it's, it might come off being rude, but it's like you have, you know, and that's helped a lot. Yeah, I'm not posting photos of pizza every five seconds. Like I don't do that, so it's like I don't really use Instagram that much. All right, I know Scar that you're. I I think a little bit of a sneaker person. I think I remember seeing a closet in the back of Scar's that popped open and was like stacked stacked with boxes. Uh, is there a favorite pair of? Uh, sneakers that you have i'll be honestly I'm, I'm nike air force ones have always been my like it's a new york thing like sneaker coach is a new york thing so it's like the air force ones have always been like a huge part of my background and huge part of my current life so yeah and you air guys force designed your own right we did our own yeah and we did our own with uh nike that took about a year and a half and going back and forth with portland they um it was through my one of my mentors and ogs uh clark kent who helped help bring it all together. And it was cool. Like we designed our sneaker from the ground, <laughs> from the ground up. So, I mean, even with his stuff, it's not like, maybe, like we're going to do a collab with people. You still got to like show them like, why, we, why do we need to do a collab with you? You know, kind of deal. Right. So. That's amazing. Do you, do, is Alex starting rumors? You really have a, a sneaker class in the back of scars? I did. My wife made me get rid of it, but I just moved it at some point. <laughs> I had to get a storage room, so I moved it to all my <laughs> So there's uh, a collection and a storage unit somewhere in Manhattan. I love it. Yeah, um, I keep all my pro- stuff. 
That's awesome. All right. We like to shout out friends, um, neighbors, colleagues that are doing openings. So anybody, any restaurants that are opening or reopening, anybody come to mind? That are friend that have reopened? Oh, my friend has a co- coffee shop that's new. It's called Cafe Social 68. They're on 2nd Avenue, right next to Mass Books. My, well, he's my cousin, so he, he does really great coffee. He does Devision coffee. It's really good and great pastry. That's delicious. From Cece Salah. And then uh, my other, fa- you know, another part of the team, family, he opened up Smash Burgers on Orchard Street. We just did some aprons for them. Awesome. The best burger. I don't know if you guys have had it for lunch on Fridays, but that burger is it's slammed. It's, it, it, I'm not saying it because he's, you know, part of the crew or whatever, but it's, it's amazing. I, I'm not, I, I, I can't stop eating. I go like twice a week. So <laughs> <That's> <laughs> From right. vegan to burgers twice a week. I love this. I'll be yeah, there. my wife loves the vegan burgers too. They're, they're, they're great. I mean, where else can you get a vegan smash burger? You can't find that anywhere. Oh, they have a vegan smash burger. No way. All yeah. right. Mm-hmm. And check it out. Awesome. All right. I, just, I do want to shout out Dame, who was on our show last October, had talking about their opening, and they opened last week in the West Village. So um, they make awesome like seafood and have great natural wine list and all sorts of awesome stuff. So check them out. Um, anything else? Wrap it up. Uh, that's it. I think Scar, tell us where we can find you. Our listeners can find you on social. Um, I don't have a personal IG, but I still the we use the business. Yeah, the business Scars Pizza. At Scars Pizza, cool. And we're at Till at NYC and at We Are Opening Soon. Thanks, Scar. We appreciate the uh, the chat and the pizza. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having <laughs> me. Again. Appreciate it. Thanks. Opening Soon is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. And connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You could also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.